like anytime like in a game or in training or even just in life in general i notice something i'll like tell him like hey like you know let's do this or like hey you're doing this you know and he does the same thing for me you know and when you hear it from someone that actually cares about you you know even in the moment if you're upset when you go back and you're when you know and you have like your quiet time and you just kind of like sit there you kind of realize okay like why did he say that was he saying that just to get at me or was he saying that because he actually cares about me and wants to help me you know so then it helps you become a better person helps you become a better player welcome to a new edition of the city voice podcast this one is extra special because i've got two guests today welcome to the show aziel jackson and sam adenaran how's it going yeah, it's going great it's going great i mean i'm doing good so i'm doing good nice and healthy yeah did you have a good training session today yeah yeah, yeah. great training session yeah it was uh yeah fun to fun to be out there and working with the guys so so yeah definitely more intense day than usual it's our match mm-hmm. day minus three mm-hmm. so yeah um normally we have we have entry days on tuesday and we do it wednesday but since our game sunday thursday was our um our hard day so yeah Fantastic. Well, thank you for giving up your time. Um, we don't normally do uh, double podcasts, but a bit of exclusive information for everybody. You guys uh, share an apartment together. Is that mm-hmm. correct? Yes. Yes, we do. So uh, actually a house. house so, a house. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So. So, yeah, that's uh, that's been. a um, Yeah, it's been fun. It's been fun throughout the whole season. To, did to do did that. you two know each other before City? We knew. Uh, we had relationships like he was in Seattle. I mean, I was in Seattle for a while. My family's from there, so we knew the same people. Um, he was train he was playing with Defiance, and I was going to go to Defiance. And I knew some of the, I knew a lot of the guys there had relationships, and then he they met him, and then yeah, yeah. So we we know a lot of the same people, but not really, didn't really know each other. But then kind of when we met each other, it was like kind of clicked. So yeah, yeah. fantastic. And it's yeah. interesting because the the seasons that you've had have kind of followed closely mm-hmm. like the a lot of minutes in the back end mm-hmm. of the season has it been fun being on the pitch together yeah it's fun mm-hmm. i always love playing with sam you know i think he helps his team a lot and uh you know him coming back from his home from san antonio you can see that he really excelled um with the team and we were really successful when he's when he's playing well, I personally love watching you both. I think you bring so much to the team. It's been really exciting having you about the squad. Um, instead of um, you explaining what your position is, I would love, Aziel, would you I- explain Sam's position, what you think he brings to the team? I think Sam brings a lot of um, uh, aggression, but also like his mentality is more impressive than anything. Like his, he's fast, he can score. Um, he, he's aware of his surroundings. He's good in the air. Um, you can see vers- his first game for San Jose, he scored our first goal in the air on a corner kick. You know, you can see how uh, strong he is. Um, and also his soccer IQ is really high as well. People just think he's just big, but he also has a really good soccer brain and a good first touch. Sam, how would you explain uh, AZ to the rest of the world? Man, AZ's like the... He's like the De Bruyne of our team, you know. He's kind of like the the brains of it, you know, the the creativity behind it. So so yeah, Az can pretty much play anywhere in the in the midfield, you know, and he 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 excels at it, you know. Without without Az, a lot of those passes that we as the strikers, me and Klaus, Nico, a lot of the passes that we get, we wouldn't be getting if it wasn't for if it wasn't for Az. So I mean, yeah, his his IQ, his vision on the field is is amazing, you know. So especially being that young, so so yeah, it definitely is is um honestly like 
so important in our team. And if we don't have it, you can see that like we we don't we don't play that well when he's not on the field. So so yeah, having him on the field is definitely uh is a big plus for us. So being compared to a player like that's pretty exciting. I always wondered, do you guys? I mean, you guys have played in Europe. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you've you know you've got a lot of experience for, mm-hmm. for for young guys. Do you either of you model your games on players? Are there like players that you look at and you're like, I would like to have a game like X. Um, yeah, for me, it was Thierry Henry, even from when I was young, I'm an Arsenal fan. So, um, so from when I was young, that was like, and up until now is my favorite player, you know, just the way he would get past defenders, um, the way he would use his strength and his, his skill to kind of weasel his way out of situations. And obviously his finishing was top class, one of the greatest finishers of all time. So, I mean, yeah, I, I model my game after him and I definitely watch his videos and try to learn from him. That goal against KC. That, yeah. that, yeah. that felt yeah. a bit teary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How about you, AZ? I'd say Ronaldinho. Uh, mm-hmm. Ronaldinho is my my hero, my idol, who I try to um, my game. I try to make my game like his. Uh, you know, just how he was just magical on the field. He could do anything he want. He played free. You know, he can dribble players. He can score. He can pass. Um, and I love to. I loved like bringing like flair to the game as well. Like I feel like when I had the assist to Klaus in the game, I felt like there was little moments there. It's like I wasn't thinking. I was just trying to make the make a run for the team and it felt like like I was in the moment and that's how I want to play football. Do you do you guys um get nervous before you go out on the pitch? I mean City Park is a, a big intimidating atmosphere. Like what does what does playing in front of the home crowd feel like to you and if, if, if do you ever get used to it? Man, um, yeah, definitely the first time that I played. Obviously, yeah, you you get a little bit nervous, but as you know, when you're a professional, you you start to um, start to get used to it. Especially when you're in a new team, obviously new surroundings. Obviously, coming from Seattle, another place that had a really big um, stadium and a lot of fans, it was really loud. But nothing I haven't experienced anything as loud as City Park. So yeah, it definitely. You de- it's kind of nerve-wracking when you when you first get out there, but you know the fans help you to feel more comfortable. So, yeah, I definitely agree. Echo what Sam was saying. Like City Park, nothing compares to City Park where I played. Um, like just just the noise is just, it's you get goose, goosebumps every single time you get on the field. Even the walkouts when the lights are off and the lights are on, you know, you you can tell that it's a big stage and our fans support us and uh, we appreciate them. It's definitely something I would. Um, take with me forever so I wanted uh, St. Louis loves uh, a good origin story you both got um, you both got uh, career paths that kind of follow like similar similar parallels um, but I'd love to AZ I'd love you to tell us like where did you grow up I was I was born in Manhattan so I kind of had a crazy born in Manhattan I was born in Manhattan New York cool. and then um, I'm a 2001 so it was during 9-11. I was born almost right after 9-11. Um, and we, I mostly grew up in West Orange, New Jersey. Um, yeah, I was mostly there for eight years, I think. I played in so many different teams, Tri-State, and uh, lived in like Brooklyn off and on for like two years playing for Met Oval. Then went to Rebels for like four years, three years, then went to France. And then went to Belgium for a couple months, then Portugal for a couple months. So kind of went all around um, and then landed in Seattle, Minnesota. And now I'm here. So it's definitely a journey for sure. And Sam, you, you've had a, 
like uh, looking at these two side by side, mm. you've you've had a similar sort of journey. Mm. Like where did mm. where did you grow up? Yeah, so um, yeah, I was born in Houston, Texas. Um, my parents are from Nigeria, so they migrated over from Ni- my Nigeria when my dad was going to school, and he played as well. But they they moved over to um, to America, and then I was born in Houston, grew up there, played uh, for a lot of local teams out there, and then when I hit seventeen. I moved out to England and I was out there for about a year at a development academy in Liverpool. And then um, from there, I then went to uh, Portugal and then I was in Portugal for a year, played my last year of youth football. And then from there, went to Spain, was in Spain, signed in Spain for a club called Leganes. And then I was ended up being loaned out to Argentina for like four months and then ended up coming back to spain playing one more uh year out there then moving to um then moving to germany then stayed in germany for two years and then from germany um when COVID hit i ended up coming back to america and then that's how um i got the opportunity to go play for the sounders and then obviously from the sounders san antonio then san antonio here so so do you um you know we talk to a lot of players at the club that have gone through and i'm thinking about indy and spoke to indy he had a you know, sort of a lot of up and downs going through Europe. Um, but it does seem to be a common thread that a lot of the players that are performing out on the pitch right now have had experiences elsewhere, lots of ups and downs. Like, how do you do you put a lot of the success that you're having right now down to the experiences that you had, like moving out and, and trying your luck in Europe? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I went to Europe when I was 14, you know, I was... My dad came with me for a little bit, but I was mostly there by myself. I mean, I was in the the Santa Formation is where I was in Toulouse for a couple of years, and I had to figure it out. I didn't know France, uh, French at the time. I do have, I come from a French background, but I, you know, when you're put in those situations, you have to adapt, and it makes you tough. And uh, when you see us on the field, you can see that all that experience comes on the field together in our collectiveness. So, did you learn French? to be better at football and and I be learned, able to talk to people with I mean, I learned French to be able to have friends. I mean, there, I mean, I also love to like languages, you know, I can speak, you know, good Spanish. I mean, Sam can put, uh, Sam can speak um, Portuguese, Spanish as well. So, you know, you can see a lot of the guys on the team. We, uh, with our backgrounds, we come from um, uh, situations where we had to adapt and survive because it was either learn French or, or not or like sink or swim, you know. And the French not as forgiving about. Oh no, the they don't language. like. Yeah, they don't like English. Mm-hmm. They don't speak English over there. So yeah, yeah. Sam, you picked yeah. up. You've got. You speak a few languages as well. Did you know mm-hmm. um, other languages before you left to go to Europe, or again, did you pick them up to survive? Yeah, no. Nah, um, I picked up Portuguese and Spanish to survive. So yeah, when I went out to Portugal, there were guys that spoke English, but um, but the coach that I had out there actually. Um, I could tell that me not speaking Portuguese was kind of something that he didn't really like. And so I was like, I got to pick this up quickly. So so I picked that up. And then how, how do you go about it? is it Duolingo app or is it like you pay for classes? Like what's it's, the- it's literally just forcing yourself. Like when you go out, like I would tell myself, all right, I'm going to go grocery shopping or I'm going to go to a restaurant. Like I'm going to force myself to speak Portuguese. Like even if I look stupid, like because I don't know the language, I'm going to force myself. Like so it was kind of embarrassing at the beginning. But then. Over time, you know, you learn certain things and you also have to force yourself not to order the same thing because you can kind of get in that. Like when you figure out how to say something, you just say that same thing and you're stuck eating, 
you know, a hamburger every single meal. And so it's like you actually have to like force yourself to learn different things. But yeah, it's definitely um, important to um, out there. It's important to learn those languages because if you don't, you're going to be at a disadvantage. AZ, did, did you have the similar sort of experience? Is there any hints and tips for people trying to learn new languages? Man, I mean, for France at least, I mean, port, like out of all the places I've visited in Europe, France has got to be the toughest place, I think, for French. Like, like it's like I was trying and it was still not good enough for them, you know? Like the coaches, the staff there were kind of, I would say mean. I was 14 years old. <laughs> Yeah. Like the, I thought they should have known better for American coming across the country, going to play football was was like uncommon. So I think they would want to uplift, you know, help as much as possible. But it was kind of like they let me out there for failure and I had to do it myself, you know. So I would say like you just got to just keep you've got to find one person that you're close with. Like I had one person in that whole formation. His name's Anthony Hoho, who plays in the Bundesliga right now. Um, I still talk to him, talk to him today, but he was the only one that was helping me up, like help me with my French, help me just around the cafeteria or school. I mean, I went to French high school. I went straight from American high school to French high school and then graduated there. So, yeah. So once you get, so you get the basics of the language, you're, you know, gone from ordering hamburgers, you can start to order like more advanced things. I, I listened to the Bradley training sessions, like he's explaining complex tactical systems like how 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 long does it take before you can start to understand language to to that level? That feels like a like a very advanced um, ability to pick up. Did you did you both find that that was? Um, I think to be honest, understanding that stuff was actually easier for me just because when you play football, like you know, that's all you know. So those were the things that like. I picked up easily. Those were things that I picked up quicker. It was actually learning how to like communicate with people like outside of football. That was difficult. But in terms of like learning what color penny to pick up, learning the tactics that the coach wants, you know, those were the type of things that you had to pick up quickly. So, and obviously like when you understand football, yeah, it's a different language, but I know a lot of people say that football is one language. So you can kind of use like context clues to understand things so that was definitely like the easiest part was picking up on what the coaches were saying yeah so. definitely uh echo was saying was saying i felt like i had an advantage just because you know we wanted to play that pressing style and i came from the red bull system you know knowing that uh, i remember bradley was there when i was younger i mean i remember jerry stroud i played with his younger brother peter stroud i grew up playing with him i remember jerry stroud coming to my games playing u13 u12 when he was on the USL team. So, you know, um, definitely has the same uh, feeling I had when I was younger, but definitely what Sam was saying, I felt like um, the complexity of like the tactics for our team was something I can easily pick up on just because it's football and we're all trying to win. It feels like there's a lot more uh, players from America heading to Europe early. Mm -hmm. um, when like you guys were obviously there sort of around the same time, um, did you know the? Do, do do you connect with each other? Are you aware there's you know there's there's somebody from New Jersey down here? Like Nico was in Paris around mm. the same time. I think at least one or two years of crossover when you were yeah. there. Like, are you aware of that? Is there like a sort of European uh, co connective tissue between players, or do you just doing your own thing? It's just crazy to hear you know our teammates' stories. Like, oh, I was here during this. I was like, oh, I was there too. You know, mm -hmm. you know, it's kind of like that thing is like, you don't know where everyone is. It's just crazy how everything like 
mesh together like when sam like when he's in seattle oh you're in seattle oh i know him too like you know kind of thing mm -hmm. and then mm -hmm. yeah you know just connections like that is just crazy like you just never know who your teammate may be could be someone you played with seven years ago someone you played with last year i mean it doesn't like i mean i remember tim parker at rebels when i was in the academy and i'm playing with him so yeah. you know so stuff mm -hmm. like that i mean when i was in minnesota kamar lawrence as well and he's and I was in the academy, so playing with them, you know, it just shows that doesn't matter how old you are, you might be playing with him. So, Sam, um, being uh, in in that sort of system where you're shuffling about to lots of clubs, like, does your faith ever get shaken? Or you, like, I'm always amazed with professionals. Like the everybody thinks that you're just out there and it was easy to get there. And then you look at the stories and you're like, you, you face a lot of rejection along the way, a lot of heartbreak. Like, was your faith ever shaken that you would make it in the game? Um, yeah, definitely. You know, um, I attribute a lot of the a lot of my success, obviously, to my faith, my faith in God, and um, yeah, my um, just yeah, my trust that He has everything you know, sorted out. And then obviously my family helping me out, you know, so, so yeah, definitely there were times where you struggle and you, and you don't really know what's going to happen. You don't really know if this is for you. And I had a lot of those times in Portugal, my first, that was my kind of like my first real year, like away from like my family. Cause when I had moved to England, like my family had come to visit a lot and I had gone back a couple of times, but in Portugal, I was like out there by myself. Well, my brother was there, but he was in a separate place. So, um, but yeah, I mean, definitely there were times where it was hard, you know, it was hard to, to see myself becoming a professional, you know? And, um, yeah, when you, when you're not getting the minutes that you would like, when you're not getting, you know, the, you're not scoring as many goals as you feel you should be, you know, your faith is always going to be shaken a little bit, but that's where I, I think that, you know, having that mentality that, you know, God put you on this earth to do something. And I felt God put me on this earth to play football, you know, and that's what, one of the things he put me on this earth to do. So I, I just believed that, you know, I was going to make it. So, so yeah, it was really just having that mindset of no matter what comes your way, just keep moving forward. And a lot of the times it's the guys that just keep moving forward that make it. It's not always the guy that has the most talent or, you know, has been put in the best position. And a lot of the times it's just not giving up. So, Izzy, you obviously had a lot of self-belief to take yourself to Europe at mm -hmm. such a young age. Did, do you feel the same way ab about, like, mm -hmm. making it as Sam? Like, what was your experience like? Yeah, definitely when I was 14, I started to really get deeper with my faith. Definitely a lot of my success goes to God just because he was the only one that didn't fail me. It was always there for me. I mean, I was there by myself. So, I mean, I had some support there, you know. Uh, but, you know, when you're young and you're a kid, like, God moves in in ways you can't explain. And, like, I felt like he really pushed me to get over that hump because I honestly went to like bed crying sometimes. Like I was so mad sometimes I couldn't even call my family because of the service. Couldn't even communicate because I couldn't speak French fully. So it was definitely a tough time for sure. And like, you never know like, like professionally how it's gonna happen. Like I thought I was good enough and I thought like um, I can make it, but it's just like, why wasn't I making it? Because everything happens for a reason. And I think God's timing is the best timing. Mm -hmm. So I feel like for anyone out there that's struggling through anything, it's like you have to believe in the timing, God's timing, because it's all going to work out um, the way it should be. 
And I feel like it has here because I was in Minnesota too last season. I didn't play any games with the first team, only in the Open Cups. But, you know, have a good season. Then you come here and you have opportunities. You do well. Sam as well does well at San Antonio. Does well with Seattle, comes here and plays well, scores goals for us. That's that's a part of God's timing. So it, it's proven that it's real because there's so many times that, like, things could be down, but then there's always a reason for it because it brings it back up. It's always a balance. Sam, the timing part, like, what was the um, – what what happened to bring you back from Europe? Um, like, what was your, 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 your moment where you're like, oh, wow, this is things are coming together now? Yeah, uh, it was um, – so, obviously, COVID had hit when I was playing in, in Germany. I was playing in a city called Delmenhorst, and it was regional league out there, which was fourth league. And then, um, yeah, COVID hit. The league got shut down for a bit, and then I ended up coming back to, to America, and that was around, like, October, November – ish of 2020 i believe yeah 2020 and so yeah at that time i didn't really know what i was gonna do i didn't really know where to go but then um i actually came in contact with a with a agent out there who's actually from austin texas which is only a few hours from um from houston and um but he lived in germany and so he saw me playing out there and you know he started helping me out you know and then that's how i ended up getting an opportunity to um end up going to seattle and I ended up signing, obviously, for their their second team at the beginning. And so it was kind of just one of those things where it's like play well and then hopefully you get an opportunity for the first team. And literally that's what ended up happening. I ended up having a really good season, breaking records there in their second team in the USL. And then um, I ended up getting an opportunity to play for the first team. And then um, I started against Austin for Seattle. And that was like the youngest lineup in MLS history. And we ended up beating Austin, you know, um, 1-0. And so that was like just an amazing feeling to actually make my MLS debut, you know, after not even having a contract. I still didn't have a contract at that time. And then, um, yeah, you know, from there, um, they ended up offering me a contract to sign for the for the first team. And that's when I knew, like, okay, yeah, like everything is coming together, you know. And then fast forward from there till now, you know, obviously having scored in the MLS and, and, and helped the team out. I mean, yeah, it's been a major blessing. It's been a major blessing. And, you know, I'm really grateful for it. How about you, Az? What was the um, what what was the story that brought you back here? What was the connection point? Um, honestly, it was like paperwork. Like I didn't, I honestly didn't want to leave Europe. Um, I didn't have um, I didn't have my French passport, um, European passport. So I was going on off a student visa, and uh, I was underage. I was at seventeen at the time. When I decided to come back and then I moved back with my mom, reconnected with her in Seattle, which was awesome because my parents divorced when I was pretty young, like five or six. And I stayed with my dad my whole life and then reconnecting with her was great. And I thought everything was going to go well. But then, uh, yeah, I, I, I was a rebel homegrown, though. So I was going to go to the Sounders, but they didn't accept me because of, I guess, some fee because I was a homegrown. So rebels wanted a fee. So then I had to go to a non-professional club called Crossfire, um, and I was playing well there. I was scoring a lot of goals, and uh, I was getting – I actually, Asani Dotson's former agent, Ricky Greenwood, saw me play, and Asani Dotson's brother, I was playing with Mooney, and he was looking at him, trying to help him out, and then he saw me. He's like, who's this kid? And then um, I start a connection with him, and he's like, oh, well, I think you can make the next level to MLS, and then he started talking to teams. And then I got a I got a opportunity, um, 
at uh, Minnesota United in 2021 early. I was supposed to go 2020, but because of COVID, everything kind of shut down. So I was just preparing myself that whole 2020 year to go to Minnesota and perform well because there was no guarantee I was going to sign a contract. So, mm-hmm. and that was going to be the youngest player I knew. Um, but that didn't stop me. You know, I was playing. I think Minnesota, we had like one of the oldest teams in the league in like 2021. Ozzy Alonzo, Michael Boxel, Will Trapp. Um, so going there was kind of intimidating at first, but I mean, that didn't stop me. And uh, I was grateful to get a contract there. Um, despite that, I wasn't able to make an MLS debut for two years. I'm still grateful for the organization for giving me a platform to play football. And I'm always grateful for that. And uh, coming to St. Louis is a blessing and also scoring in MLS, helping the team win has definitely been a high. Um, you know, I definitely love how it all came out to be making my debut versus San Jose, our fourth uh, win of the season, I believe, our fourth game of the season. We made history there. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm really blessed for that. So definitely comes full circle. So it, it, when you're playing in MLS Next Pro, you're playing in USL, um, it, is the vibe in those squads, everybody is, like, hyper-focused on pushing it up to the to the next level is it like is that is that kind of the objective because we've got lots of players that have had um careers across both of those you know kyle uh josh Yaro. like is um is, is it what's the what's the what's the vibe like playing for those sorts of teams it's definitely uh a great experience just because we're all trying to compete and we're all going super hard but definitely when you're in the academy going up you're like oh i'm trying to make i'm trying to make it to the second team okay that's a goal or UP, UPSL, then now it's the second team. That's a goal. Then the first team, that's a goal. But I feel like when you make it to the first team, you're still not satisfied. For me, I know for him, he's not satisfied either because there's more past that. And as humans, we always want more because we're never satisfied with anything. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I got this. Oh, what's the next thing I'm going to get? But, you know, as long as you realize where you come from, like, oh, wow, I did this. I progressed here. I made myself up here then like you start to get more um conscious and aware of like okay wow i did this let me be grateful for it for a second and let me not overstress myself because then the next thing will come you know what i mean but definitely in those environments it's great to see because everyone wants to progress do you guys um, i know that like bradley's always like you know you have a win and he's like it doesn't matter it's like what's the next what's the next thing so have you either of you taken a moment this season to say this is this has been pretty crazy like I, I know the like uh, professional athletes you guys will think differently but if you taken a moment to step back and say all the hard work like I, I'm seeing some fruit now um yeah I mean every day every day we every day we do that you know I think that's not a one-time thing I don't think you do it once and then you're just like you know oh, okay well let's move on like you know every single day every single day I show up to training I'm like man it's a blessing to be out here and it's like to have done what we achieve what we've already achieved with this with this organization with this club with these fans is amazing and you know and it's not going to stop it's not going to stop it's going to keep on going you know but um but yeah I mean yeah it's the thing that I do every single day when I wake up you know I just thank God that I'm here in this in this situation I'm here with these fans I'm here with this staff and the organization so um yeah I definitely think it's important to um just to recognize that this is not normal you know this is not something that happens every day so yeah you just got to kind of like enjoy the moment and kind of realize that like 
not many people get this opportunity, you know, to, to be in a expansion team that's finished first place, that's broken all these records, you know, that's given so many players opportunities, you know, you gotta, every single day you have to realize that. And so, and I think that's what keeps us grounded and, you know, helps us to realize that, man, we gotta keep going and we gotta keep pushing, so. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Echo what Sam said, definitely it's a blessing just to, you know, be able to get on a field, grass field, have a facility, have trainers, have people cook for you, have, mm. like, sometimes, like, you know, sometimes when we end training, it could be frustrating, you know, we all have those days, but if, like, when I get to my locker, I try to stop and be like, okay, wow, like, uh, today wasn't a great day, but I have a, a club that has my back, a team, a great team, we're in first place, a great stadium, good environment, good people around me. So that's always something to be thankful for because a lot of people just want to look past that because there's a lot of people that want to be in our shoes. There's only mm-hmm. 800 players in the MLS, I think, and there's mm-hmm. 300, mi- 300 million people in the U.S. Mm-hmm. So if you take that in perspective, it's it's definitely crazy. So um, it's, it's unbelievable because it's first expansion team to get first, you know, um, we're the only expansion team to ever do that. So uh, great fans. I think our fans are the only fans that ever stand for 90 minutes in the game. Mm-hmm. I've never seen mm-hmm. that before. So, you know, that's also something like, wow, someone came to pay money to stand in the pouring rain and watch these guys kick the ball into the net. So I definitely feel like that's something to excite you. So the it's, it's been a good season for both of you. You can correct me if I got this wrong. I took it off the internet. But uh, eight goals, one assist. Three goals, six assists. Like, that's a pretty amazing output for for both of you, considering that, you know, batting around the sort of 1,100, 1,200-minute mark for the season. Mm-hmm. Um, could I ask you both to tell me, what's your favorite personal soccer moment from a season of output like that? Because I know you're thinking his favorite soccer outfit from this Mm -hmm. season. Definitely. I mean, there's so many, like obviously just even the first win in Austin. I mean, I didn't play. I mean, he wasn't rostered, but being a Mm -hmm. part of that was something special. I remember the, how the feeling, the green in Austin stadium, getting back into the locker room. Like we just won a game. I remember like, the photo we took with the the owners and everything like that um mm-hmm. that first win was something special and the fans that traveled to see us was crazy and that yeah, atmosphere was that wild atm- yeah that right that like, atmosphere was crazy, crazy. yeah mm-hmm. and also i would say the game where he came back um versus san jose definitely he was gone for two months it felt lonely in the house mm-hmm. so for mm-hmm. him to come back and both of us start get our first mls start together um you know, happy that he scored two goals, me one for sure. Um, but yeah, that's definitely a big moment as well. And my first MLS goal as well. Yeah. How about how about yours? Um, man, I'd say my favorite moment, just for me personally, not a not the team wise, would probably be my. Um, it's between my goal against Austin. And or my goal against SKC and SKC. That was that was fun. Just, you know, to to be able to score and and I'd probably choose Two SKC. Two very different goals as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd probably choose SKC just because SKC, even though we didn't end up winning that game, just to see the fans come out for that 
and just to see it felt like a home game honestly it felt like we you know and i know that this coming sunday is going to feel like another home game for us so i mean just to to have that support has been amazing from from the fans and you know i mean yeah that's definitely my favorite moment and then obviously as a team moment i would definitely say san jose probably just that just that feeling after after winning because we were going through a rough patch that time and then um to be able to come back score two goals and then obviously him winning the penalty you know for the second goal and you know just having a bunch of guys who at that time hadn't gotten that many minutes in the team to be able to come in and do that well and help the team you know bounce back from everything that had been going on was just an amazing feeling you know it was great to do that for the fans so do you guys have any non-footballing moments? Like, you know, you're, you're both uh, you're both quite easy to identify in a crowd. I've seen you down the foundry getting dinner uh, once or twice before. You know, you're, you're, you're you know, becoming household names in the city. Do you have any of those moments where you're like, oh, that's, that's pretty cool. People, people recognize me. People saying hello. Yeah, there's one time we went to Target. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> we went to Target yeah. by uh, our house. In regular clothes, we were just trying to get, I don't know what we were getting, snacks or whatever, but there was a fan, definitely, he knew who we were and was talking about our outfits being so nice. Oh. <laughs> yeah, and we were literally, I was literally wearing Crocs. We were, I was like wearing slides and a sweats, t-shirt yeah. and like a jacket, so. And he knew it because he kept trying to talk to us, like he was smiling, the biggest smile on his face. Mm. I think he might have been like maybe intimidated or scared or embarrassed to ask for something. I don't know. But yeah, that was definitely, I remember that with him because we yeah. looked at each other like mm-hmm. that dude definitely knew who we were. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's the beard that intimidates people. But any, if anybody <laughs> ever sees me, they can, you can walk up to me and say hello and like, want a picture or anything i'll what do you get the you get the looks like and mm-hmm. it's like, yeah it's kind of yeah. it's kind of like they'll look at you and then they'll look down yeah. and then they'll look back at you again and then you're like you're looking at them and then at some point you're like okay if they come up to me it's like all right cool yeah, yeah. you know but if they don't come up to me i'm not just gonna go over there you know? <laughs> yeah, so, so yeah exactly yeah. so yeah so i just but yeah i mean it um it's a great feeling to have that because i definitely believe that there are a lot of other mls teams where they don't have the fan base that we have and quite frankly, fans don't really notice them. So when they go out, people don't really pay attention to them. But it's whereas here in St. Louis, like when we go out, people know who we are. And that's great to see, you know, because like little kids will come up and like ask for pictures and stuff like that. And as a player, that makes you feel like important. It makes you feel like, wow, like people actually care about what we're doing in this city. So. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's great. It's a great feeling. Has the the shared experience that you both have, like living together, being friends, mm-hmm. does, does that add to the experience of, you know, going away? Is it nice to know that, you know, you, you sit next to someone that's got your back, that you can talk about stuff? Like, how, how has that been, like, as a friendship? It's definitely been awesome and a blessing because um, having Sam, like, when we met, we clicked automatically in preseason. Mm-hmm. And we're like, yo, so... It was kind of like a quick thing, like, yo, where are we going to live? Mm-hmm. Like, it wasn't like a, mm-hmm. what, like, mm-hmm. we didn't even know, I don't even know if we knew each other's last names at that point mm-hmm. or not. It was like, yo, we cool? Oh, you mm-hmm. came from here? All right, cool. Yeah. <laughs> it was kind of like that. And, uh, yeah, it was pretty fun. But going to the crib and being like brothers almost because, you know, we go through the same thing. We go to Bible study together. Mm-hmm. We um, train together. We watch film together. We watch movies together. So doing that with someone that's living in the same experience as you definitely helps because he can see things I don't see. 
mm-hmm. and I can see things he doesn't see. Mm-hmm. And so like it bounces. Do you have like a sort of uh, an honest relationship? Like you can be, be honest to each other about when someone's not had a great game or not had a great moment? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah, no, yeah. 100%. I fight him like he's my brother. You know, I fight with, I fight with him all the time. But <laughs> but like in a good way, in a good way though. Like we argue, we fight. Yeah. But you know, it's just like because I actually look at him as my brother, you know. So like anytime like in a game or in training or even just in life in general, I notice something. I'll like tell him I'm like hey like you know let's do this or like hey you're doing this you know and he does the same thing for me you know and when you hear it from someone that actually cares about you you know even in the moment if you're upset when you go back and you're when you know and you have like your quiet time and you just kind of like sit there you kind of realize okay like why did he say that was he saying that just to get at me or was he saying that because he actually cares about me and wants to help me you know so then it helps you become a better person helps you become a better player so so yeah, yeah I mean definitely I. I've enjoyed that experience and I'm grateful to have him in my life. So Yeah, definitely. So, so you, um, you both have sort of artistic DNA mm-hmm. in your families, uh, AZ music, Sam, mm-hmm. um, fashion. Sam, uh, tell us about uh, the clothes that you wear before mm-hmm. game because it's very unique mm-hmm. setup that you wear and mm-hmm. you've got family, uh, a family business that mm-hmm. you're very involved in. Tell us about VAPS. Yeah, so, um, yeah, it's called VAPS Dynasty Clothing. That's, um, yeah, it's an acronym for all of my siblings in order from oldest to youngest. So V stands for Victor, A stands for Ayodeji, P stands for Pelumi, my sister, and then S stands for Sam, obviously. So I have two older brothers, sister above me, and then me, obviously, being the last born. So, yeah, it was just, uh, it was something that my mom started, you know, it, it... I like to say it started around 2017, 2018, but it kind of started before that just because my mom had the idea of something, but she didn't know exactly what she wanted it to be. But seeing as like, I'd say I come from a stylish family, you know, we decided to go the clothing route. So, um, so yeah, everything that you see me wearing to the games is custom made. Um, normally I wear um, native, it's Nigerian native wear, or we can it's call always it. always got a little twist. Exactly. Right? Yeah. So it's, uh, it's called a kaftan is what they normally call it. But um, but yeah, I mean, it's all custom. So everything that I wear has been made for me and it's all different. So that's why I can wear different ones to each game. But um, but yeah, I mean, it's been a blessing to be able to have my own clothing brand and to be able to do it with my family. And obviously, AZ, who I consider as my family now, has helped out with the with the company as well. You know, he he rocks my my uh, our toiletry bag to the games. You know, he even has clothing as well. But um, yeah, it's just Nigerian native wear. We do um, we do bags as well. We do um, suits. We make suits as well, and um, we even do um, like whole weddings for for people. So I mean, it's yeah, it's been great to be able to do that and to show my artistic side as well because I love fashion, you know, and um, I model as well. So so yeah, that's that's been been great. Fashion seems to be coming more and more sort of intertwined with soccer do you mm. like a, are you big into fashion as well yeah pretty big i mean i have some i had some photos on my instagram but i had to cue them like put them away because i used to go to school like wearing these big glasses mm-hmm. like i used to poke out the 3d glasses but then i ended up finding like actual different color glasses like not prescription and then used to wear button-ups i used to roll up my khaki super high show my socks and wear some like sneakers like I have so many like I, I was wild 
but definitely been developed um, through now, like being in Europe, seeing that style. You know, uh, I was in New York, New Jersey, and being in Seattle, so getting east, west, now Midwest, you know. So seeing all that styles is all the styles pretty cool. How long do you take? Uh, how long do you guys take preparing the outfit? It's funny, like like he'll he'll already like he'll have a package from Vaps. I'm like, oh, you wearing this one today? Like it's a different color or a different style. Like it's fresh off the bag mm-hmm. or something. And then like for me, it's like I have a, a like an orthodox style. Like, um, and I'll be like, yo, Sam, does this go well? You think so? He's like, not nah, wear this. It's like so. Yeah, we we bounce off each other um, mm-hmm. for sure. And you've got musical background in your family. Like, mm-hmm. tell us, uh, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, uh, my dad um, worked at Jazz and Lincoln Center for over twenty years uh, in New York. Um, with went to Marcellus. Um, yeah, he's he's been in jazz his whole life since he was three or four. He started playing jazz music in Detroit. Um, me and my brothers picked up really quickly when we were young. Um, uh, playing b- piano, guitar, drums. I definitely still play guitar and piano in the house. Sam's here hears me. Mm. Uh, yeah. No, no, but it's good. It's good. It's I good. Mean, it's jazz good. is a nice one. Yeah. Right? No, no. Yeah, it's yeah. it's he he's very good at it. So so it it makes you know just the ambiance and the vibe in the house so much better. So because it's be nice when friends come around. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. if he sucked, then that, <laughs> that would have been kind of annoying. Yeah. But nah, he's good. He's very good at it. Yeah. So. I kind of I kind of freestyle it, you know. Mm-hmm. I kind of uh, I have like jazz in my blood as well. But me and my brother, um, we kind of mix our styles up. We like to play a free flowing style. It's not really a genre. It's like our own genre, kind of. Mm-hmm. Like we have a tune we know, and then we bounce off of that, and maybe we'll do a different chord that you know sounds good. Um, but I also love drawing. I mean, I, mm-hmm. Sam got me actually a drawing kit for my birthday. Oh, because wow. yeah, mm. good guy, huh? Yeah, hey, because mm. I draw. Very thoughtful. I, yeah, mm. very thoughtful. Because uh, I draw all the time, you know, mm. and like for years, people will want my art or want to buy it. So I actually started like a little mini brand uh, called First Move that I just kind of launched, um, and it's just all my drawings on shirts, mm. and it's not as uh, the same type of uh, um, style as Vaps, but you know, Sam loves it. No, it's and nice. It's very yeah. nice. It's, it's, it's cool. very nice. Yeah, it's, it's cool. Nice. Um, but, yeah, I definitely get his input or he would get my input. He'd be like, yo, can you do this or how about mm-hmm. this? Like, he came with me to I, I, SDL Stylehouse actually are helping me launch it. And he came with me to because I love to have another advocate or someone that can see different eyes I don't see. So mm-hmm. I definitely, like, value what he says. So do you think um, having a sort of artistic outlet for both of you is important because... You know, this is really intense and then mm-hmm. you can escape with your art, whether it's drawing or yeah. uh, playing the piano. Mm-hmm. No, for sure. Yeah, I play a Nocturne G minor by Chopin. That's my favorite thing to play. Really? I played it before. That's pretty intense. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. I heard it from the first time. I loved it from the first time I watched the movie Pianist. Yeah. Back in, uh, Pianist that came out in 2002. Mm-hmm. I was young. I was like seven or eight years old. I heard it and I was like, I want to play that. So... Yeah, my dad had the sheet of music and I was able to learn it. So I still play it to this day. So That's incredible. How about you? What's Man. your, uh, are, you, are you a painter, a drawer, a drawer? You know, Sorry, funny, funny thing, funny thing is, 
not I'm not that great with I'm not that great with the piano. I'm trying to learn a little bit. I'm not that great with it. But funny thing is, in terms of like drawing and artistry, I learned a lot from him because I would always see him in his room drawing, you know, and I'm the type of guy like I read, you know, and stuff like that. And obviously I like watching TV shows, movies and stuff like that. But I was like, I want to get into a different hobby outside of my brand, you know, and obviously I design things for my brand. So I was like, maybe I should start drawing. And, you know, so when I got him that art kit, I was like, I'm going to get myself one, too. You know, so I've been drawing a little bit, too, you know, and I've been trying to get into that into that side of things. And I definitely think it's been very helpful. It calms you down. You know, it helps with just like your mood and everything. And it really just, you know, gives you something to to focus on and something to put your energy into. You know, that's obviously not football because obviously we love football. But if your mind is just only on football 24 seven, it's going to mess you up. Mm -hmm. So. So, yeah. Well, great. I've got two more questions um, for you guys. Um, The the first one is like, what's the um, most important thing that you've learned about yourself this season? Um, Man, it's a lot. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's just, heavy. It's the there's a lot. Yeah, most important thing I learned about myself. I I'd say for me, the most important thing that I learned about myself is that um, I can I can do things that maybe in the moment you don't think you can do, you know, and. Um, that can also be on the bad end too. It can be on the good end. It can be on the bad end. I think that for the bad end of it or like the not so good end of it, like with your teammates and stuff like that, there are times where you can kind of like be so focused on your own outlook and how you see things that you don't see the way other people see things, you know? And I think that's something that I've picked up on and learned is how to see things better from other people's um, like viewpoint. And he's helped me a lot with that. You know, because sometimes if I'm seeing something, he'll explain, well, no, like, have you thought about it from this point of view? And at first I'd kind of be like, oh, I don't know. But then later on, I'd be like, "Okay, yeah, you know what? That does make sense. So I think definitely on the bad end of it, like you can get so clouded in like what you think that you don't see other people's point of view. But then obviously the good side of it is that when you finally like open up your heart and open up your like ears to it, you can finally see things from other people's point of view. And then you can start to become a better teammate, a better person. You know, and um, yeah, I just realized that there are things that I can do that maybe earlier on or maybe before when I was younger, I wasn't so good at, you know, or I didn't really know how to do. And so it just makes me honestly have faith and have belief that, man, I can achieve things if I really just put my mind to it, you know, and I trust in God, like I can really achieve these things. So, you know, whether it's in football, whether it's in life. You know, you always have to have that mentality of like, you know, put God first and then everything else will will fall in line. You know, if you just focus and have belief that you can achieve these things with his help, you know, you can do anything. So that's quite well. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Um, Hard to keep uh, up with that one, huh? (laughs) That's free. (laughs) Keep up with that one. But I definitely say like uh, my ability to hear others, you know, their voices because like kind of to it's kind of correlates to what sam was talking about with Mm -hmm. perspective because you don't really know like what someone else is saying like you don't know how they're you're making them feel like you Mm -hmm. may think you're making them feel so one way but they're like no you're not because maybe you're not listening to them so i think for sure for me 
goes from goes to listening because you know i'm still young we're still young Mm -hmm. and you know we think we know everything Mm -hmm. but you know even when coaches are talking or you know uh your mom my mom or anyone's talking it's like i don't want to listen to it but i'll slow like i'll argue and then i'll slow down and then not say anything go back and rethink about it and be like oh i see you know Mm -hmm. uh i think i uh in terms of that i feel like i've developed a lot because it's not really about who cares like what i think because it doesn't matter it's like what they think and what i need to do to fix it and it starts with listening because listening like that's why we have two ears and one mouth Mm -hmm. i have a drawing in my drawing book i have a drawing my drawing book that literally has a cord from the brain to the mouth that connects a plug and it's not connected but there's two ears on the other side so that goes to show is like if your brain and your mouth are not connected, then what are you going to say? Because, like, the plug represents the connection between your mouth. But if you just say things without listening, you're not going to get any positive feedback or any feedback at all. So I think in terms of uh, listening to my teammates, listening to my coaches, listening to my family, it's helped me get to a point where I can, like, slow down my thought process and actually hear others mm-hmm. before hearing myself first. Because I always used to be, like, like when I was younger, oh, you're not listening to me. You're not hearing me. But now it's like, okay, what can I do to uh, comfort you? How can I listen better? How can I be more clear, you know? And it goes into our, our, um, our training too. Like in the beginning of the season, none of us knew what we we're getting into, but it took all of us to take a time to listen to mm. what Coach Bradley was saying, the staff was saying, to mm. understand how we wanted to play, how we wanted to press. Mm. And we all had to be attentive and listen to each other because that was the only reason how we got successful because we stopped and we looked at film, we listened to each other on the field, off the field, and you can see the success now. And I feel like for myself, it's been uh, a blessing just to have people like him uh, around me uh, just to give me feedback because like I love feedback, like as when I was younger, I would hate it because I think people are picking on me. Mm-hmm. But like seeing that people are there for you and want the best for you, you need to like put your ego aside and listen to them mm-hmm. because it's only going to help you. And I feel like I've grown from that. Those were two really great lessons. Um, I'm going to be greedy, but I think you'll you'll go with me on this one. Um, I think a lot of young players. Um, will listen to this podcast and they'll look at your backgrounds and be like, wow, these these guys really went through it. Um, they deserve all the success that they're having at the moment. Um, do you have one like one bit of advice for the, the young players that are listening to this podcast, hoping that they can be like you two when they grow up? You want to answer that? Yeah, I can. So you can go first. You want me to go first? Yeah. Well, I remember um, first... I wanted to say that you never know who's watching you because that, like my dad would always say before a game, well, I was like 10, 9, 8, 11, 12, whatever. You never know who's watching you. You never know who's watching you. I'll be like, bro, I'm just trying to focus on the game. Like, why do you need to say that? Mm-hmm. You know? But then when you get older, you see that, like, every little thing matters, like, that you think it doesn't matter. Like, or how do you react to your teammates? How do you react to your coach? Mm-hmm. How do you react to the staff even? How do you react to, say, the security guard at the stadium? Like, are you being nice to them? Are you making, making people feel like a million bucks? Because that, that attitude and that mindset will help you go further even past football. 
Because with football, you can do all the ability. You can have a bad game. You can have a great game. But how's your reaction to that? Sam, for example, I mean, it's bad. I mean, he got a red card and he didn't able to go to Houston. But his reaction was positive, you know. It wasn't negative, like, oh, this, whatever. He couldn't see his family in Houston. But how was his reaction? He was like, no, let me go back to work again next week. Let me train hard and let me play well. And he, play, and he, and he comes on and scores. So, you know, I feel like the reaction time, uh, the attitude, and the little details matter because it's going to help you go f- further in football. Like, it can be someone five years, five years ago you, you met one time that you helped open the door, some random. And he's like, oh, I remember that kid. He was good. Let me give him an opportunity. Mm. That's happened all the time in football. That's brilliant advice. Yeah. Sam, um, what's, your, what's your one bit of advice for the young St. Louis players listening to this? Oh, man. <laughs> I would definitely say a big thing to focus on is listening first, like we were talking about. Listening first and actually listening and then speaking. And then actually thinking about what you're going to say and then speaking just in life, on the field, off the field. You know, if you have that mentality of listen first, grow, then speak, then you're going to be able to get far. But if it's kind of just like when someone says something to you, your immediate response is, no, 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 I don't want to hear that. Or, you know, that's not what I was doing, you know, or to like defend yourself, you know, then you're not really going to get far in, in, in this in this game, you know. So having that mentality of listen first, then speak is is very important. And it sounds simple, but it's hard in the moment. You know, in the moment, there are times where and there may be even there may even be times where you're in the right, you know, and you do have the right to say something. But even at those times, people respect it when you show them respect and when you, you know, you listen first and then you speak, you know, so. So, yeah, that's definitely uh, a big piece of advice. And obviously the most important thing and most cliche one is don't give up. Like that's what I always tell people is never give up. Just I had a lot of teammates growing up that um, had a lot of talent, even more talent than me probably. And, um, yeah, they just got to a point where things didn't go their way and they just kind of stopped playing. You know, they gave up. And I always tell people it doesn't matter how old you are, doesn't matter what you've been through. If you keep going, you're going to get something, you know, and I'm not saying that you're going to win the Ballon d'Or and you're going to be the best player on the earth because I'm not going to lie to you. But I will say that if you keep pushing and you keep working hard, that it won't be for nothing, because if it doesn't work out in football, it may work out in something else. So so always having that mentality of never giving up in life and having that mentality of it doesn't matter what I'm going through. It doesn't matter what, you know, situation might come my way. I'm going to keep fighting and I'm going to keep pushing. You'll, you'll be able to conquer a lot of things. So Yeah, for sure. I definitely want to add to that because it's like you got to control what you can, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, But you can control, like, your situation, but you can go out on the field and start training. I have videos of me 12 years old, I would, like, or 10 years old, like, working on my left foot mm-hmm. to get, and I would, like, just give up or my, I would try to give up because, like, my left foot was so bad and I would be trying to get it so dominant more dominant to my right you know because you have to work hard like working hard is not even a 
like a question because there's so many people that want to be where you are. There's so many people that are in worse conditions. There's so many people that don't even have food to eat today or don't, don't have shoes to play, but you do. So um, that's something to be grateful for because no one has to do anything for you. Looking at what happened in my career, or what's happened for me, Minnesota didn't have to give me opportunity. You know, I'm grateful for Minnesota for giving me opportunity to sign with them. And, you know, uh, at first it was tough. I, mean, I didn't play any games for two years in the MLS, you know? I think, like, people think that um, when you sign professionally that you just made it. Mm. Like, that's not how prof professional sports work. Like, you have to show up, you have to perform, you have to do well for yourself. And, you know, and good things come out of that. And you might get perks here and there, but I know now, even like I'm so grateful for the club and for the city that we got first place, there will be bumps uh, for for the club and there'll be bumps for the players. But if you don't like, like he said, if you just give up, you're not gonna go anywhere. But you keep going, there'll be even more things you would never imagine. Mm -hmm. Like God says that like what, you, what he has planned for you is not nothing questionable than what you will achieve because you think you want something, he'll give you even more than that. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. you want this, he'll give you more than what you think you want. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's real. That's uh, some unbelievable advice um, for the, the young players. And listen, I'm, I'm listening. I'm, I'm inspired listening to you both. Mm -hmm. um, we have a bit of a tradition on, uh, on the show. We end with you both giving a message to the St. Louis City fans um, I, you know, I meet with supporters and fans all the time. Um, you guys are, are definitely favorites out there. Um, I, I'd love you to, to sign off with a, a little note to them. We appreciate the fans all season supporting us and helping us get to first in the West. Um, being there for with the being there from a win, loss, or a draw. You guys always stood up for us after games. Being there, um, cheering us on, and we appreciate all the love and support you give us. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. And then, yeah, obviously from my end. Um, yeah. Just thank you. Thank you for all the support throughout the whole season. You know, thank you for always being there for us. Rain, snow, you know, hot weather because <laughs> it gets hot here yeah, in St. Louis. But um, but yeah, you know, thank you for being there for us. Thank you for supporting us. You know, thank you for believing in us. You know, that belief is what has propelled us to be first in the West and, you know, move even further. So thank you. So I just want to say thank you again to AZ and Sam. You've been absolutely brilliant. Um, and if you're listening to this on any of your podcast channels, give us a five-star review so they'll come back again. And uh, on that note, I'll say ciao for now. Thank you. Appreciate thank you, you guys. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you for having us.